C-A-M-P-A-D-U-L-T-H-O-O-D Camp Adulthood Bridging the Millennial Divide One conversation at a time Interviewing guests Strangers and friends We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood. Hello and welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm the Resident Youth, Maddie Yergi, and I'm joined by a very esteemed guest. And before we jump in to that, um, Shay, unfortunately, could not be here. She had a work obligation, so you're stuck with just me. Um, But I'm sure our esteemed guest will carry carry the torch and we'll do it just the two of us. as you guys are used to. So before we jump into the segments, Claire, if you could um, briefly introduce yourself and say how old you are, where you grew up, and what you're doing now in the city. Yes, yes. So, hi. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) Of course. Claire Burns. Especially Um, on this snowy evening for those that are not... It's our first first snow, Mm -hmm. hopefully. I do like snow, though. Mm -hmm. I was going to say one of few, but I do love it. Um, I am 41. I am from Cookville, Tennessee, but I lived in Nashville for years. Um, And I actually have lived in New York a few different times. This time, it's about seven and a half years. Um, And I came back. I came back with a day job, but my pursuit is acting and comedy. So that's what I'm trying to do. Improv comedy or all different types or so what specifically? My pursuit now isn't necessarily improv. It's acting mainly, mm-hmm. but um, I do a lot of sketch comedy um, and I do storytelling. So I host like a live show that's more storytelling and variety. Um, and then I'm on a UCB house team for the sketch um, house team there. So I started in improv, but don't really Branched do it so much anymore yeah into more other things awesome well we will definitely dig into all of that yes, a little yes. later so we'll dive into our millennial moments yes. first and for you before we jump in since you are technically gen x yes i am i want to say um how do you feel just initial thoughts about being on a podcast about millennials as someone who you're a little cuspy i would say because my mom is also Indeed. a gen x but she's in her 50s so right. You're on the younger end for sure. For sure. But I also, um, it's interesting because I am around just being in comedy, right? A lot, of, a lot of youngins. Everyone's so young. <laughs> like all of my good friends here are definitely younger mm-hmm. than me. Um, so it's it's hard to... Also, you look very young. Bless youthful. you. It's my parents' jeans mm-hmm. and good moisturizer, yeah. really. That's all um, you need. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, so I love it because I have had a bit of an identity crisis since I've been up here, like especially starting an improv in my mid 30s, like, hello, that was yeah. and trying to like hang out and do fun stuff and be cool. And then I was like, you know what, I'm really tired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to not be super young. You're not anymore, you know. Yeah. So I embrace being here for that's awesome great um so my millennial moment i had been thinking about i wanted to talk about this on the podcast and then i was like toying around with what sort of moment i wanted to talk about Mm -hmm. here today and i was on the train and i was eavesdropping on this girl and she was talking about it and i was like okay this is a sign that i should talk about this on the podcast since it's happening tonight so my friend which i i'm gonna like paraphrase because she sent me like a lot of screenshots and no one wants that um (laughs) But she had been 
she it was basically like a tinder nightmare she had and i i don't know i'd always heard about this happening and i had never seen it until she sent me the screenshots but she was like you're not gonna believe this this guy they had been like texting you know as one does talking they had plans i guess to like get thai food whatever and he was just like being super pretentious and he was making fun of her because she had just moved to oregon and she works in a school what and he was like making fun of her job because she was right like she left new york and basically like got a job that was like not super high paying and he was like kind of being an asshole and so she was like all right in portland or here in portland yeah what's his issue i don't know I don't know anything about him, but I was like, she was basically like, you're done. I'm not going to yeah, get dinner no. with you. And it was like the immediate next message. He was like, well, you're shitty. Blah, Jesus blah, blah, blah. Christ. And I was like, oh my God, is this guy like a it. caricature of a real person? Like what is happening? And they kind of went back and forth a little bit. And she was like, you know what? You're being an asshole. I'm sorry. And she yeah. kind of like stopped responding. And then like days later, he sent like all of this like creepy shit being like, I know what you're doing. Like, you're trying to ignore me. I'm so much better than you. All this stuff, like, pages and pages. And apparently she knows the bartender at a bar that he goes to. And she was like, yeah, he comes here all the time. So she was, like, kind of putting him on a blast there. But I was like, I cannot believe the nerve of some people. And then I was on the train, and this girl was basically, like, reiterating a very similar story about how it was, like, all kind of going fine and dandy. And she was like, you know what? I don't really, I'm not really interested. And then the guy like flipped on a dime and no. was like, well, in that particular you're story, shit. she, like, she was Asian and the guy was black and he was like, well, you're a racist if you don't want to go out oh with me. Oh my God. And I was like, who are these people? It's like, have, I'm in a long term oh relationship, so I'm kind of out of this. Be nonsense. very thankful for that. <laughs> Let me explain that to you. Yeah. <laughs> no, it is shocking. The egos. Yeah. I mean, we all have egos, right? Obviously. And we all get... No, you're like, not at all. I don't have any... No, I'm just so well, flabbergasted that people act like levels, this. But it's like, there's a sense of entitlement, right? And I think that's why so many... I mean, I hate to do it, but I'm going to bring us right down for just a quick yeah. moment. <laughs> that's why we see so many young white dudes go crazy and shoot. I know, shoot. the incel stuff, it's really upsetting. It's really upsetting because it's like this... this entitlement and Mm -hmm. if they're not getting what they want or you know there's so many like the one kid who was talking about how girls never wanted to go out with him so he just wanted to shoot them all it's like what the fuck so i just i don't get it rejection is not like and it's not necessarily rejection do you think anyone that you like is going to be your perfect match like let's just logistically think about this like that's not yeah it's crazy everyone goes through relationships and breakups and crushes that turn into nothing you know like it's not so true yeah dating is the worst yeah yeah um so anyways that's what's happening this week what about you do you have a millennial well i do it's the moment it's funny because i was thinking about my thought on this the millennial moment um and i did think for a hot second about dating like Mm -hmm. how dating is i mean but that's just kind of evolving with technology Right. right with all of our apps. But I think for me more, it's kind of an ongoing millennial moment. My fashion in high school is now popular. So it's like... What years were you in high school? Early 90s. So chokers. I was actually just reading an article yesterday Uh in New York Magazine about... So I guess I didn't know that this happened back in the day, but Mark Jacobs did like a big grunge sort of line. And he's doing like... 
a 20 year sort of like See? revival of it this year yeah. on, in his That's November my high show. School. Yeah. <laughs> So like, it's happening. <laughs> it is happening. So it's so funny, like when chokers specifically, because that's yeah, so it's so specific, so specific. I was like, "What is happening?" It's like if you look back at my winter, yeah, like formal outfit, I had a velvet choker and I was rocking it. So I love it. it's you know, very like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, of course. Doc Martens. Yeah. A lot of people like T-shirts under strappy dresses <laughs> with a flannel tied it's around like the waist. Clueless. That's like it's, always my frame of reference for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's for me, it's anytime I see and like kind of the boxy crop sweater. Yeah. Like, yeah, like been there, done that lady. Hello. <laughs> and I can't, I feel someone wise told me <laughs> years and years ago that if you live through a trend the first time, you can't wear it the second time. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I just can't. I can't bring yourself to do it. No. (laughs) I can't dress like I did 20 years ago. Yeah. Like that's, I already act like I'm much younger than I am already. (laughs) I can't. So that's kind of my ongoing millennial moment. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) Um, Well, moving right along to the campfire topics for the evening. Mm -hmm. So I'm actually going to pull up an article because I thought this was pretty funny since you have a comedy background. So this is an article from the New York Times. And they said, we asked Generation Z, which are, mm-hmm. like, the chil- the small children. Oh, okay. Baby children today. today. Okay. Supposedly. So, like, millennials kind of end around, like, 95. Okay. So Gen Z is, like, kids that are in high school now, basically. Wow, like, okay. people born 95 to, like, 2010. Okay. So, like, elementary through high school age right. kids. Right. And so they said, we asked Generation Z to pick a name. It wasn't Generation Z, and it's a really funny article, because a lot of these ideas I just thought were funny. Like, there were some sort of generic ones, like iGen, which we've talked about on this podcast, that's like, okay, fine, like, kind of generic. But then I thought one was really funny, because we talk a lot about, on this podcast, about how basically every article you see that's like, millennials are killing blocks of cheese, they're not going to Applebee's, (laughs) and it's just, like, anything that, like, the... It's any. The Democrat. Yeah. It's like, you could have just been like, people are not going to Applebee's generally. It doesn't have to be the millennials. And someone was like, what if we just call them the scapegoat generation so that when the baby boomers and Gen X decide to go after the younger kids, they'll think twice because to have an article that reads, the scapegoats killed Applebee's, it makes you sound like an idiot. So I thought that was pretty funny. I love that. Um, And a lot of them... I think are a little nihilistic because they were like, sure. we're going to be the last generation. Oh, that's fine. Or they were like, the whole concept of generations are stupid, which like, okay, fine, I get it. Like, it's sure. an arbitrary distinction, I but know. like, go with They're the exercise, general, guys. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, the hopeful generation, the anxious generation. <laughs> very Generation fix it. I was like, okay, guys. Um, this one was interesting. The Delta generation, because we live in a time of instability and they lived, they were really small during the great recession and things like that. So they saw their parents, you know, maybe lose their jobs and things like that. Um, so I wanted to ask you as a Gen X person, if you could rename Gen X or if you think Gen X kind of fits well, or even the millennials, or do you think it's just kind of like, very good. I'm curious about why, do we know the origin of the name millennial? Because why? I mean, I think it's just because coming because of the coming top, of age. Yeah. So like the older millennials, which Shay, my co-host, she's ten years older than me, so uh-huh. she's um, 
in her mid thirties. And so I'm kind of on the younger end of the millennials. Mm-hmm. And so she was in high school yeah. during the turn of the millennial, basically. So kind of that like early aughts yeah. sort of coming of age during like nine eleven and things like that. Um, so I think that's where it comes from. But I know Gen X is like the slackers. Yeah. For sure. I don't know if I you feel like it's that. very interesting. I think that the biggest difference between Gen X and millennials, and I don't have a quick phrase that's coming to mind right now. That's okay. But <laughs> I know I, I put you on the spot. Right? No, no, but I should. I am an improviser. But um, <laughs> I'm like ah. trying but, to yes and your way through this exactly. question. <laughs> no, but with millennials, I do feel like the biggest difference is how we communicate. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's like the impersonal generation right because it's like i didn't grow up with cell phones and stuff like it was a house phone right some people had two lines some but like we didn't have email like i had email in college but i didn't really use it i had one i'm sure it was on like a desktop computer that you had to like go to the computer lab and catch yeah insane so like i the way that we communicate, the instantaneous nature of right. it is so different. And then just being so in touch with each other, whether it's false, you know, whether it's looking at social media and assuming, but just like being so overly connected is such a different world. I mean, yeah. obviously, I'm on my phone all the damn time, but growing up that way. And I think about that. I'm just going down with things today, but I think... <laughs> Maybe it's the weather. It's the weather. I think it is. But no, I think about that with like bullying. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I said, I'm going down. Um, But like that was such a different animal. I was picked on growing up, of course, you know, as why do I do comedy? Um, (laughs) So I bet as soon as I left school, it's over. Right. You know what I mean? Like I just went home and I had my family Oh, yeah, that's a huge problem. It's a huge difference. We interviewed a 12-year-old on this podcast who's a Gen Z and the online bullying is like insane like i mean it's for adults it's insane so i can't even imagine yeah like kids that have like the finstas i don't know if you're familiar with finstas so i'll enlighten you on the horrors in case you you know i don't know if you have kids no but in the future (laughs) if you ever have kids um Basically, so you have, like, your Instagram that you let, like, your mom follow, Mm -hmm. and then you have your fake Instagram, the Finsta, that you only have the the friends follow, and that's where all the, like, real dirt is. Oh my gosh, I'm terrified. Yeah, so kids have, like, multiple accounts, and also there's all these, like, apps that, you know, parents can, like, read their text messages and stuff, so instead of sending texts, they send, like, Snapchat messages and, like, Instagram messages, because it is impervious to the app and things like that so they're real it's all they're real crafty yeah that it's just bizarre and the internet stuff it's like like the mom of this 12 year old was talking about how she had like was looking at her instagram and there was like an older guy who was like messaging her she was like oh so she had to like put a stop to that like all this crazy stuff that it's like oh my god that is terrifying yeah. to me. I mean, so it's, it's like a whole other layer exactly. of danger. Absolutely. I think that that... And distraction, too. Oh, like, God. the technology addiction as well yeah. is real. I mean, growing up with that, how do you not mm-hmm. use it all the damn time? Right. That's just part of... 
And I also find, hot take, I find that, like, my dad is on his phone all the time. Yes, we've talked about that, too. Like, yeah. <laughs> my parents, I feel like there's a... Right? There's, it's like, a, fascination. A, a middle where it's, like, the older people. Yeah. Like, the boomers that are always on Facebook, I feel. Yes. And then it's kind of like the older millennials, younger Gen X, it's kind of, they're kind of like, eh, not uh, as much. I like, need to take a some break. Things, sometimes not. Yeah. And then it's like the younger millennials and Gen Z is like yeah. balls to the walls. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel. I think you you have hit the nail on the head. Wow, great. <laughs> I think you have. Bravo. All of the episodes of this podcast coming to this. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, so yeah, yeah, I just thought that was really funny. I feel like Gen Z, because they're so young... Mm-hmm. They're just kind of, the media is just starting. They're like, millennials are old news. We're going to start, like, talking about them a little bit. Um, And I feel like right now, all the things that we've read, it's been, like, doom and gloom. Like, they're addicted to their phones. Everything's going to be shitty. But, like, to your point, even older people are addicted to their phones. That's not necessarily unique. Um, But I think more of, like, the socioeconomic stuff is really interesting. Like, the kids um, that are turning 18 this year won't they don't have any memories of 9-11 and they can enlist in the military without any context for that which i think is crazy yeah um or have there's like stories there was a buzzfeed article about it about a kid that enlisted in um a unit that his dad was in and Uh they're still fighting in the same part of afghanistan oh my like 20 years later 18 years later however long it's been so it's just like some of that stuff is gonna start Creeping in, like, what it means to be at war for that long, that kind of stuff. Very interesting. That is fascinating. I think there's also that, I mean, I guess even before access to all of this technology, I guess we always just kind of um, took people's word for what it was back in the day, right? And we had so much trust. But now it's, like, all the competing, it's, like, you can Google stuff and it tells you, like, 12 different answers. What is real? It's really hard. It's really hard. So that's why so many people are so passionate about different facts and beliefs and... Yeah. I don't know if that will ever get better, you know? Like, that's just... very interesting. It is, so... So anyways... That's enlightening. Yeah. And and so, um... Just optimistic. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. No. <laughs> I remain optimistic, but I feel like all the no, stuff I read. Um, do you have any hot topics from the news or life that you want to chit-chat I do. I listened to one of my favorite podcasts this morning, Throwing Shade. Oh, yes. Love, right? Yes. They're great. Mm-hmm. Um, so Aaron's shoe this morning, that's issue, yeah. but for those who don't know, um, know, was a fascinating thing. So I looked it up and I was interested. So uh, South Korea is known for their beauty obsession Mm -hmm. right like i think gangnam is like the center of all plastic surgery like one in three women have had oh interesting like before their early 20s like people are obsessed yeah Yeah. so and also with i mean listen we know we love korean products for our faces right moisturizer we're all obsessed Mm -hmm. but there is a movement now and it's called escape corset where Mm. there's like an anti-beauty like, we are giving so much money to a lot of men because the majority of it's all true. of these companies are run by men. For what? To make us feel horrible? 
So there's a whole, again, there's a whole movement. Kind of like a return to natural beauty kind of thing. Yeah. So there are a lot of Instagrams where they're like smashing up their makeup and then they're like removing their makeup and some people have even shaved their head. It's crazy. (laughs) So I thought it was very fascinating because, you know, that that may be the, because I think the person who started it's in her early 20s, I think. So that's kind of a generational right. thing, right? Because I think it's yeah, it's that's so interesting. obsessive with... Even thinking about, beauty. like, bringing it back to the millennial topic, yeah. too. Like, the blow up of all the beauty influencers yeah. and, like, beauty vlogging, beauty blogging, all that stuff, I feel like, is very millennial. Yeah. And it's oversaturated now, which I yes, think... Yes, it is very oversaturated. Like, I even have turning. friends... I mean, we joke about it on this podcast, too, because it's like everyone has podcasts nowadays as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like the vlogging and like, if you can amass even a thousand followers on Instagram, you can do stuff like the micro influencing and stuff like that. Um, But there is a lot that we've talked about it too, like the kind of pushback from the younger kids on millennial culture, like millennials are overwhelmingly more liberal. There's a lot of evidence that Gen Z is a lot more conservative, both Mm -hmm. culturally and politically, which I think is fascinating. That is fascinating. Yeah. Like, they're doing less drugs. They're having less sex in high school and college. Yeah. Even compared to millennials. Wow. Um, More Gen Zs, like, kids where, like, my first election that I voted in was Romney Obama. Uh Uh-huh. So for people that have been in, I can't remember what the statistic was, but it was like, if you've been in for like two elections or more, like presidential elections, overwhelmingly more liberal. If your first election was the one that we just had in 2016, more likely to be conservative if that was your first election voting in. Wow. Which I was like, what? That is (laughs) If you look at the nation on a whole, obviously, if you look at (laughs) pockets of the country, it's much different. And if you see the demographics, but I was like, whoa. And I think it's this cling to stability. I think Mm. that's what it is. Like, from all the, you know, my not very professional opinion, but from what I've read, like, if you saw your parents get laid off during the recession, you have a ton of student debt. Yeah. The world is uncertain. You don't really know, like, what's true, what's not. Yeah. Fake news. Like, the cling to, like, more traditional conservative values might be appealing to someone like that. That is fascinating, yeah. and it makes sense when you break it down like that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when you think about it, like, not in the context of, like, real life. Right, exactly. I'm like, you're like what? Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's kind of counterintuitive to, yeah. you know, everyone's like, oh, young people are the future, yeah, yeah. Parkland, woo! But, but it's like, that's not, not everyone. necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, that is fascinating. Mm-hmm. Being raised by... Yeah, people who are freaking out about what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's I mean, a similar, they say it's kind of like the greatest generation yeah. of the baby boomers. Mm-hmm. The and we baby, the boomers baby boomers are more conservative. They're horrible. And <laughs> I shit on the baby boomers all the time on yes. this podcast. They're yes. eating up all the social security. Yeah. We're going to see none of it. Mm-hmm. I've already mm-hmm. decided. No, for um, sure. Basically ruining everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you were raised by people in the depression, go crazy. And you were like, we got to we got to go crazy. Yeah. We can't go back to that, you know. It's the same it all thing. comes back to the parents. That's what it I say. It really is. That's why I'm like whenever people shit on the millennials and they're yeah. like, "Well, we're spoiled brats and we all yeah, want participation but... trophies." It's like, "Who gave you the trophy?" Who? The parents. 
Yeah. We should no, be shitting on Gen X and the boomers. Yeah. <laughs> the parents are always the worst. The dog owners are the worst. Like, it's not mm. the dog. Mm-hmm. It's, <laughs> it's the dog owner. It's true. Corey it's, always says that. He's like, there's no bad dogs, only bad owners. Oh, no, it's so true. Yeah. It's sad. I don't know why I thought about that. But no, it is true. It's easy to, especially when. You can totally the, tell that, like, someone who's a hot mess and their dog is, like, all over the place. Oh, You're like. Absolutely. One of my, my dog closest only needs friends. Some discipline. Yeah. My closest friend, who is also my comedy partner, she's a very anxious person. I mean, she talks about it all the time. And her cat is so anxious. It's the Aww. funny. <laughs> It's like the dogs that look like their owner. A hundred percent. She's like, oh, when he's freaking out. I'm like, you've been freaking yeah. out about this other the thing. The cat like, can feel your energy. Know, it knows exactly. what's happening. Cats are very For intuitive. Sure. Very much so. That's super funny. Nonetheless. Um, I love that a lot. Well, let's switch gears and I will okay. grill you about I love your life. Um, so how did you mention that you moved to New York with a day job? Mm-hmm. What were you doing before what did life look like then and what made you want to move here and start doing comedy i um so it i'll backtrack even more great i love it let's start from the beginning okay great um i wanted so my mother lived here for a while i was born no i'm just kidding but (laughs) i growing up my mother would bring us to new york Mm -hmm. all the time like she loved it so much so it just kind of was in me Mm -hmm. you know so i knew during college i tried to go to nyu but Mom was like, no, because you won't finish school. Like, you have to go someplace (laughs) else, and then you can move if you want. Um, So then I did quit school and moved to New York uh, early on. So I was here for a few years doing the acting thing and the restaurant thing, Mm -hmm. like, just trying to survive. Yes. um, As you do. And then I left because my mom was sick. So I went back home to Tennessee. um, And then I was there for 11 years, um, but always wanting to come back. It was Mm -hmm. just, like, timing and figuring out, you know, just, like, life. So while I was there, while I was in Nashville, um, I worked – I started, like, at a physical therapy clinic, and then I just – I kind of worked my way into account management. Um, So I was doing background screening for a while. Like, I started as an an assistant, Um, Mm -hmm. and then it kind of took over some accounts, and then I switched over to email marketing. Um, I know it's very exciting. Um, so I was working for this email marketing company for, um, three years at the time. It was like the cool tech company, you know, like so cool. Like we were a direct competition with MailChimp. Okay. Everyone knows MailChimp. MailChimp. Uh, Exactly. (laughs) Thank you, Syria. Um, so anyway, so it was really, it was great because I met some of my closest friends there, you know, and it yeah. was a startup, like, culture, mm-hmm. and I think I was employee number 43 or something. Oh, wow, so, yeah, so really nice and small. Exactly. Like, close-knit. Hangouts, and, mm-hmm. you know, it was really trying to be cool. Yeah. Um, and it was, but I needed to come back, and so I figured out a way to do it. I And while you were in Tennessee, uh-huh. were you doing any, like improv there or like wasn't. community theater or anything like on the side I wasn't I think I was um were you like New York or bust yeah like, yeah which was maybe elitist of me <laughs> pretentious no, of me but I was like I don't know I think I don't want to do I want to shut that yeah. down mm-hmm. you know like I don't even want to entertain the thought of that if I can't do it right um but I really tried to make Nashville work I bought a house I, you know, had great friends. Mm-hmm. Never, uh, 
I'm a terminally single gal, so yeah. uh, never had that many relationships, strong relationships, um, but great friends, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, so then, yeah, so at this job, I decided I need to come back, but I wanted to have a job, and I didn't know if they would be excited about me transferring, like taking what mm-hmm. I do up there, up here. So did, did they have an office here? So there was one salesperson who had moved okay. up here and she was part-time. Okay. So she was kind work- of like working remotely. She was working at a WeWork. Oh yes. The first yes. WeWork. Oh, Can very you exciting. Very exciting. So she was up here because her husband had a job. So mm-hmm. she was like, I'm going, you know, yeah. whether, whatever. So it kind of made sense that I could proposition this account right. manager being in New York as well. Um, but I did find another job. And so I went back to my other and I said, Hey, I've got, I'm moving. I found this other job. They're offering me this, mm-hmm. but I'd love to stay with you. So can you, and the good yeah. thing was, was that I needed to tell them. So they had to make a quick right. decision, which meant they said, yes, we need you, <laughs> which was great. But yeah. if they had thought about it for too long, yeah. they'd be like, absolutely no. not. <laughs> so but I knew I was like, I'm going, so I have to work on this other job, mm-hmm. too. So um, so they were amazing. Like, they paid for my move. That's awesome. They, oh, it was great. So, nice. so then I worked remotely for them for five years up here. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. So it was great. Absolutely were you great. also in a WeWork, or were you working, like, out of yes. your apartment and stuff? In a WeWork. Yes. It was great. Again, still Love the first WeWork. We yeah. I know. And then she left a few years after, maybe after three years. Um so then it was just me for a couple of years, which was wonderful. It really was because I was in a WeWork. Yeah. Yeah. I could not have How done How was it. that? We've talked about it because Shay, um, her job, she works for herself. She's right. like a consultant and she was in a WeWork by herself doing yeah. like the solopreneur thing. And I think it's interesting talking, mm-hmm. talking about WeWork specifically because I think it's grown so much. Oh, like it's a different animal For example, yeah. I work for a meal kit company. I'll tell oh, you yeah, after yeah. which one, but okay. um, <laughs> let you guess. Um, yeah. But I started out, I'm in like the main office now, but right. they used to have um, my department in a WeWork. Okay. Yeah. And I've since moved, but we were like 40 people, part of a larger company at the WeWork amongst mm. like other size companies plus like some solo people yeah. so i think we work the culture might have changed a little bit oh, because there were like big companies that. in there because yeah. we didn't really like even when i go back to the we work now like i don't interact with the other yeah. like we work people i think in the way that maybe it used to be yeah. like i just interact with the people at my company that are there yeah it's weird because i i have zero if I had to go back to working remotely or having Mm -hmm. my own kind of thing um I don't know if I'd want to be in a WeWork at all it was delightful at the beginning especially that first building because they didn't it was very practical right like now it's very showy you know all the new spaces Mm -hmm. have all the fanciest of whatever and trying to be so cool it Mm -hmm. like hurts how much they're trying so (laughs) that other way and there were like a mix of people and it was a little bit more diverse and stuff absolutely in different ages Mm -hmm. and it was nice and it was funny because i guess maybe it was a second or third year having been there they so adam one of the Mm-hmm. co-founders like we knew they did their email for right. us you know like yeah. i knew them mm-hmm. so miguel and adam adam 
I roll my eyes heavily. I just want to make that clear. Um, he's an interesting fellow. I mean, listen, he's a smart businessman. I've heard I cannot... his episode of How I Built This with Guy Raz. Yeah. That's my only interaction mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was listening to his he... voice on that podcast. Yeah. I mean, listen. He seems he's like smart. an intense guy. Yeah. He's intense. He knows, yeah, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, Miguel, who started it with him, who's more of the tech guy. So mm-hmm. nice. Yeah. Ah, the nicest. Anywho. Um... So Adam's, like, wife's family own, owned or mm-hmm. owns, I don't know if they still do, yeah. a camp in the Adirondacks. And so they were promoting, like, this weekend getaway, like, for startup people and, like, entrepreneurs oh, yeah, and I've whatever. Heard about this. Here's the crazy thing. The first year, we got to go for, like, $150 because so no awesome. one wanted to go. Because it was so much and of just, like... And now they do the WeWork summer camp, and it's, like, the hot thing. Let me explain And they do it, like, in the UK There were, like, uh, less than 300 people there the first summer. So much fun. Yeah. It was amazing. Because everyone that was there was like, yeah, I want to get out of the city for a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, we're drinking beers. It's fine. Yeah. You know, and we're relaxing. Yeah. And Chill, it, relax. Oh, it was great. They had great bands come up. Like, it was so fun. So fun. The next summer, there was... Nearly 800 people that oh, went. Wow. Yeah, and I went to different. Sec- different animal. Mm-hmm. It was a lot younger. Lots of... Little yuppies, shall we say? Little yuppies, but very much like it became a hookup culture. Oh, Like a drunk party. Mm. It was like a college That's retreat. <laughs> it was so weird. And I was yeah. like, I'm... Like, we're Ancient. supposed to be professionals. Exactly. I was like, what is happening? Like, it was so weird. And then it was like, the next, I didn't even entertain the third time go. Yeah. You know, like, I was done. <laughs> yeah. But. It's like, you hit the magic wand. Uh, yeah. Leave it in the memories. I'm out. But I think there were, like, 1,300 people that went there. Like, they. Yeah. The camp itself built new cabins and, like, tore down part of their forest for this fucking camp. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't. This no. is disgusting. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah. just getting fucked yeah, up. Yeah, no, and... it's definitely, like, a different thing. And now they have all these other, like, like, I think one of them's called, like, The Wing. It's, like, a female oh, yeah, only, yeah. like, yeah. now they have all these other, like, more niche yeah. co-working spaces Smart. that I think are yeah. a little bit more closer to how WeWork was at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And now WeWork is the biggest landowner in Manhattan. They surpassed J.P. Morgan. insane. Yeah. It is so crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Every time I see it, I now I'm just like rolling my yeah. eyes anytime <laughs> I walk by another no, one. No, I mean, don't get me wrong. I loved when I worked there. Like, they do a Listen, good job. And, as did I. Yeah. I did. I But do I don't know. know if I was working. And this was, I think, what Shay was struggling with as well. Like, it is pretty pricey. Yeah. Oh, it's very And, expensive. you know, she was paying a lot just for a desk. Like, she didn't have an office, yeah. just like desk space. And she was like, I'm, I'm going to leave. And they didn't offer her anything to like retain her and the we work that she was at in portland was like not full it's not like people were banging down the door to get in there that they were like all right leave we'll get a paint like they could have offered her like a discount or something to stay to have at least some revenue coming in so i don't really know their business model and stuff but it's interesting because i i also don't know if i would be able to work from my apartment though like I would no, need they, something like that. There's definitely a need there. But yeah. Thankfully, I think because WeWork has become what WeWork is, there are so many other options. Like the yard is yeah. a great option. A little bit cheaper, not mm-hmm. like super cheap, but 
more professional. Right. Just more professional. And they have a number of offices around the city. But the th- I can only speak from the people that I knew when I was there right. over two years ago. But mm-hmm. they did not treat their employees well at all. And so there was a lot of turnover. It was a lot, a lot of young people that... They're talking pay. about like the WeWork employees? The WeWork yeah. employees, yeah. Um, there was so much turnover. It was mm-hmm. insane. And they paid them shit. Yeah. So they don't care. Right. You know? So there's not... Yeah. You're like, I need help with this building. What Absolutely. Are you <laughs> and it was just, like, difficult to... It was, like, so much more about the culture and the appearance right. than the community itself. Mm-hmm. And so it just, yeah, they're, they've become a parody of themselves at yeah. this point. But, I mean, listen, raking in the money. Mm-hmm. Raking it in. Yeah. But I think because it's kind of that the oversaturation like we were saying before with the beauty bloggers and whatever it's like it kind of doing it for the gram exactly exactly but we've reached that where it's like okay there's too many we works now so people are looking at no but there's still i mean even like the building that i work in we're moving to a bigger space eventually Uh and we're trying to find someone to take over the lease and we work was like they were touring our space i don't know whatever came of that but I'm like, there's a WeWork literally on our same street, and oh, then yeah. the, that's not even the WeWork that our people are in. That's, like, a few blocks away. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, why? You already have a building on the same street that we're on. It's fascinating. And you're looking at two more floors yeah. in the building that's, like, kitty corner from the one that you already own. I was like, how? They're this taking over. It, but they yeah. are taking over. It's interesting. Well, it is so much cheaper for... I mean, that's why the company that I worked for in Nashville is like, no, it makes sense. If we're going to have an office remotely, I mean, that's not even, mm-hmm. I can only speak in terms of a remote style right. office, right? Like a satellite office. It's so much cheaper. Yeah. There's spend. no way they could be like, no way you get your own office somewhere and get else. all the amenities of an right. office. No, absolutely no way. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it is needed. no, it's useful for some, something. Yeah. I just feel like the bigger, like the companies that like similar to what I work for, where yeah. it's like you have 40 people, dropping into a WeWork and we're not even the biggest company in like there was a a bigger company who had like half a floor in the building um like a startup-y type place they probably had like 60 to 100 people there in the WeWork so anyways so you're at the WeWork talk about WeWork (laughs) so you're at the WeWork and then so I was doing um so I, theater and dramatic acting was mm-hmm. more of my history. And then I really just love comedy. Um, and after I'd been home for a little bit, I kind of went back Needed to that. that. A little yeah. Bit, yeah. And so when I came back, acting definitely was one of the main things. But I was like, I really want to get into improv. Um, I mean, I took classes obviously mm-hmm. when I was in college whatever um but I was like I want to not only flex that muscle but meet people right right like that's what it is mm-hmm. so much of it so that's when I started I took one class at the pit first and then um I realized that they weren't as focused on I mean in general yeah. it's like people who take it at the pit are enjoying it more yeah. <laughs> than UCB it's like this is my life you know yeah so I was like that's for me. So I went over to UCB and I was doing classes and stuff as I was still working. And then I got laid off. Oh, wow. A couple of years ago. And it was wonderful. <laughs> Getting laid off is 
a lovely thing, I must say. So did they you were, get any like severance? Like, oh, that's good. They were they didn't very just leave generous. you out in the cold. Yeah, and that was because at that point I'd been with them for eight years. Yeah, you um, weren't just like newbie. Yeah, and I, I had done so many different things. Yeah. I had so many large it's kind of a blessing accounts. in disguise. No, it absolutely was because I was doing auditions here and there, but I wasn't really. Yeah, it's so hard if you're working full time. You can't. Ah, do it. It's easy too, just to be like, well, I could go, but. Okay. I do need to do this other thing, you know, so you're not as, as hungry, but, sure. um, so yeah, so they were, there were rumors of selling for a little mm-hmm. bit and then they started laying off some people, uh, two years ago in the summer and, um, yeah. And so I got laid off and I mean, at first it was like, I wasn't as sad about like I totally broke down as soon as I got off the phone. Yeah. But well it's just like the shock of it all. The shock of it. Like even though I kinda knew it was coming. Also being remote that you got laid yeah. off over the phone. That's well it was a Skype, which was even worse. <laughs> that's like the movie <laughs> Up in the Air. Have you seen that one yes. with George Clooney? Oh my God, that's what it reminds me yeah. That was me. Yeah. That was me. Um so, yeah, so it was horrible at first because it was just like, oh, my God. It's but, like, thank you for your service of eight years. Bye. Bye. I know. One, the one who initially started, who was my um, superior, whatever, he was very, like, matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And then this other guy who I've worked with for, on so many things and whatever, he was, like, getting all choked yeah. up. He was, like, all upset. I was like, oh, that's God. what got me. I was yeah. like, Bleh. You know, so, but I just like broke down after, thankfully, I held it together. Um, And it was mainly because I knew that I had no excuse not to pursue my dream anymore. Like I had, Mm -hmm. this is it. Yeah. Like you have to do this. The stars are aligning. Yeah. I was like this, you have no more excuses. So that was scary as hell. So they were nice with the severance, like so generous and because of the timing of getting out of the office and whatever, I had the WeWork office for two extra months. Like, oh, just nice. me. They let me keep my computer. Like, it. there's not a better case right. scenario. Like, it was amazing. So I took the time of the severance, and I really just started pursuing full-time, like, doing classes and doing... I mean, I'd already been taking, like, some acting, but just... Like those pay-to-play things Mm -hmm. where you pay to have a workshop, quote unquote, with a casting director, but you're just like, get just getting in front of them. Yeah. So I did, and thankfully, I had the means to do that because I was Mm -hmm. still getting a paycheck. You know, so I did a ton of those, and I really just started like researching everything, and just that was my job. Um, And I thought, you know, by the time my severance is over, I'll have a better idea. Of like, should like I? How this is gonna work exactly. Like, can I do this? Like, what could I do to help sustain whatever? Um, so yeah. So by the time it was over, I was like, yeah, I can't. The idea of going back to a day job, even consulting for email marketing or social media yeah, or, or whatever, freelancing or something, anything made me physically nauseous. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I cannot. Yeah. I can't. I can't go so far. Exactly. So it was like, okay, I'm just going to do this as long as I can. So thankfully, with just life and savings and, um, and I would pick up, I also do production design, which is fun. I don't, you know, that's not a lot of money, but you know, on the occasion, if there's nothing else happening, that's nice to pick up every once in a while. So, um, so yeah, that's a very long winded. Well, we went off talking about we weren't for a while, but yeah. So that's um. So now it's been over. It was two years in August that I have been 
like full-time acting and freelancing as a production designer. That's awesome. Yeah. And you're on the UCB house team. How did that come to be? Was that just from like taking classes? Also, what yeah. does it mean to be on a house oh, team? What does it mean? It depends on who you ask. <laughs> also, what much. is the name of your team? If people want to yes. go see. Well, here's the crazy. So the mod season just ended. We had our best of show this past Monday. Um, our team was called Presley. And we've asked to stay together, so we may. We'll find out within the week, I think, whether, like, the new teams and everything. Um, so how does that work if we take a step back? Is absolutely. it, like, every season they absolutely. are, like, these are the people who we want on the house teams, and then they kind of form you into teams, and then they're like, this is the season. Yes and no, but they do it in a veiled way <laughs> where you still audition. Okay. Right. But I think they, they're they maybe... kind of might have an idea of who yeah. they like and who they don't like. Yeah, so it's a little bit different in the... So there are house teams um, for improv and for sketch. Mm -hmm. So the improv world is a little bit different um, because you have to be very involved in, like, the classes and whatever. And, yeah, that's much more of a gamble. Mm -hmm. And and there are two different, like, house team levels for improv. So for sketch, it's just mod night is what they Mm -hmm. call it. Um, and the reason why it's mod is because the long form improv is Harold. So Harold and mod. Um, nice. so, I like it. Thank you so much. <laughs> As if I had anything yeah. to do with that. Um, so mod, you can, I can't remember the exact specifics, but it's not because they don't have like acting for sketch classes. So, but you have to have taken a class, I think at some point and then, or show that you have been active in the sketch community, right. like just whether it's like in a different city or something. Yeah, like or an independent mm-hmm. sketch team that you're putting up your own shows or something like just showing right. that you're actively doing it. Um, same with the writers, I think. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's for the acting you submit a reel, and then they invite a certain number of people in for an audition. Um, I don't understand. I mean, I do understand, but I also don't understand the the first audition process for mod, which this is a sketch team, like as an actor, you do three minutes of characters. So I'm not a big solo character person. I'm just not a huge fan of it. So that's a whole other thing. these are characters that like you presumably have like come up with yourself or you can have you can write them or you can have someone else write them um but they somehow have to like suit you and who you are they can't just be like random yeah like characters that you just picked off the internet exactly exactly like it's kind of showing your range or Mm -hmm. um your strengths whatever so and you have three minutes you can do as many or as few i mean i think you should do three to five you know like it's just a good number depending um and so then from that the next level like the callback is um they pair you with someone to do two scenes with and so then you go and do that so um the season essentially starts this last year was a little strange because we moved theaters right now you guys are up in hell's kitchen well also essentially um in the hudson river Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I've only been there once. I used to live at 21st and 8th, so I went oh, to the, my gosh. Yeah. the theater down there all the time. Yeah. And I've been to UCB East, but I've only been to the new location the one time. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. As a performer, 
I like it because it's a real theater. Right. Like as a uh, an actor, as a sketch performer, sure. I have not done improv on that stage. I don't yeah. know. Um, I can't speak to that. But yeah, um, yeah. So it's forty second between tenth and eleventh, mm-hmm. closer to eleventh. <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah. So this, I think, our schedule kind of got pushed back a little bit. But um, mm-hmm. we got put on a team last. It's like November. Obviously, we're finding out like right before Thanksgiving who the teams are, and then we just finished our the last month. Right. Of course, is best stop, whatever. Um, I this last year was my third year auditioning. So the other two years, I got. Um, the callback for the, you know, to do the scenes. Um, but then I got on, obviously, mm-hmm. this last yeah. year. So, um, and I see exactly why now I know why I didn't get on it the year before. And that's mainly because I became more active in sketch with other groups. Mm-hmm. There's a whole group called Boogie Manja, which is a very strange name but that's what it's called um and they mirrored the group after mod so it's the same type of schedule and expectations um and so it started independently but now it's kind of affiliated with the pit so i did that for a year and a half and i really learned a lot doing that you know so then i see i definitely improved just by doing it so when you're on the team do you guys write your own sketches or is it like you have kind of like a writer team and then an actor team exactly so there are very few if any i'm trying to think this last season writer actors Mm -hmm. um every team has pretty split it's split so there are five writers and six actors and then we hire a director um it's whoever we want to hire within guidelines right, <laughs> right? it's like they yeah. have to you, you want know, to have UCB. someone who's experienced yeah, not yeah, just yeah. random joe schmo exactly exactly so um now there are some actors like we all pitch so we all have like either characters mm-hmm. will pitch or premises like ideas that we have and then a writer may say hey i like that let's write it together right. um and that happened a few times this last se- season with this one actor and writer um but otherwise it's the writers they come are, to you yeah. guys and are like, hey, here yeah. You go. yeah, like halfway through the month, then we show back up. And you guys are doing shows throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Do you do like recurring sketches, recurring characters, things like that? We have not. Um, but I don't see why. I mean, I think there's probably that'd be interesting because we do have we change directors a few times, gotcha. right? So the different and because i so have you're a, basically curat- curating a show that's going to happen one time and then exactly. once that's done you kind of exactly. go back and are like what else can we do yeah it's all new um yeah because it just depends on and some shows obviously are better than others um we had one month this year in august two we our team specifically had three guys three girls three men three women mm-hmm. um <laughs> i hate saying girls i know but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and two of the guys were gone. Two of the men were gone. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just four of us, and it was I, we got spoiled. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Listen, I'm here to tell the truth. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was super fun. But more of the writers like were in small little roles and stuff. Right. So, um, but it was it was fun. So again, we asked to so to continue on. You don't have to re audition. Um, as an actor, you just have to resubmit a reel and to show that right. you're interested. Um, writers do have to resubmit a whole packet, like in all of 
they need a topical sketch and, uh, you know, all these mm-hmm. different things. Um, but th- they sometimes will have some teams stay together. Um, I know a couple of our writers are not continuing, so hopefully the rest of us can, and they'll just add a few more. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. So. That's awesome. It's fun. So what is the kind of end goal? Like, if you could be doing anything in New York, what would you want to be doing? That's a very good question. I, while I love acting, I really love hosting. Mm-hmm. Um. I shot a no, pilot. I feel like uh-huh. when people think about hosting, they think about like Ryan Seacrest. Is That's that what you're talking point. about? Uh, I mean, or more of listen. like live show hosting, television right. show hosting, game show. Right. All of those All of I'll be above. happy to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do host a live show. I do have a monthly live show with my comedy partner, Jesse Jollis. Um, it's called No Such Thing as Love. And so we have so much fun with that. And we've gotten actually, we have a series with Coles that we do, a digital series kind of based on. So it's very similar. It's us, but yeah. we're characters, right? But the hosting wise, like I shot a pilot last year for Cooking Channel um, and we traveled Ooh, around nice. and stuff. So, kind of that mm-hmm. more um more of like an anthony bourdain yeah. kind of like travel thing that's Absolutely. very cool like meeting people mm-hmm. and just sharing stories and yeah listen if i gotta eat i'll eat you yeah. know like <laughs> twist my arm <laughs> i know exactly yeah experiencing different things like that kind of that would be amazing Absolutely. Like seeing and doing, even if I brought people to me, you know, instead Mm -hmm. of traveling. Um, Yeah, that ultimately is what I would love to do. That's awesome. Yeah. But also I'd be happy to be on, you know, sitcom, Mm -hmm. uh, movie. um, (laughs) Available for hire. Available. For everything. (laughs) Indeed. That's awesome. Um, All right. Well, since we're almost at an hour of this delightful conversation, I'm going to do the archery range, the rapid fire questions. So I'm going to ask you, as I said, a series of rapid fire questions. So answer Uh off the top of your head, people, you're, you have an improv background, so I'm not worried about you. Some people get very flustered. (laughs) So I like to cramp it. it. Um, All right. Favorite movie. Favorite movie. Now I also, (laughs) I'm not getting flustered by it. I feel like everything is like, well, as I was a child or now it's that kind of thing, right? As a child, American in Paris. Mm, I love a sixties Technicolor dancing movie. I love it. And then Clue, I'd say as I got Mm -hmm. a little bit older and I still love Clue. It's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. Favorite television show? 30 Rock, probably. 30 Rock, even though Seinfeld, I watch every day and I reference it three times a day (laughs) but i feel like just the crafting of 30 rock was unbelievable that's great favorite actor or actress that inspires you in Mm. your own work as a child carol burnett Mm -hmm. for sure um for those who don't know me i'm six foot redhead (laughs) so not only is carol burnett just visually a delight for me um but also her Her comedy her comedy is great um more recently, as an actor, I have been really loving Katherine Hahn. Mm-hmm. She's been around. She's been in everything. Yeah. But she's just... And now she's a little bit more famous. But she's always been such a... Yeah. She's always been there. She's phenomenal. So, yeah. I really admire her work. Very now. Cool. Yeah. Uh, favorite book? Favorite book. As a child. <laughs> I feel like I, I like have it. I feel like I should start, we should start... I'm going to take this to Shay, because I feel like right? with the millennial... We should just ask everyone so to do different. childhood now, yeah. Right? As a child, I loved the Anne of Green Gables series. Oh my gosh. Right? Uh, 
How could you? I know? wish I was here. Shay wrote her master's Stop thesis, it. I think, on Anne of Green Gables. She has Stop. a master's in English. Yeah. Stop everything. Yeah, it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Well, book yeah. new. Shay's here with yes. us <laughs> in spirit. Um, and then I read The Goldfinch a few years ago, and oh, I yeah. still think about it. Mm-hmm. So Great good, book. amazing. So yeah, that's. I've heard that they're doing a movie of it I supposedly I, I don't know when that's coming or who's in I it or know. anything about it but I heard it's been a while I looked it up a, a while ago like what's happening I need yeah. to look it up again see if there's some updates yeah yeah very cool uh favorite childhood snack <gasps> my mother <laughs> would um my mother was very supportive very maybe too supportive some would say um after school like when I got a little bit older mm-hmm. uh, in junior high, um, we would all go to. It, this is a fast answer. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I kid. We would all go across the street in the parking lot and wait for those of us who didn't right. ride the bus. And my mother would pick up Little Caesars <gasps> crazy bread. Oh my god. <laughs> Mother of the year right there. Mother of the year. And she'd sit in the corner of the parking lot and, like, watch what was happening. And then I would go get in the car when I was done, like, socializing and whatever. But part of it's like, oh, my God, your mom, how crazy that she would sit and wait. But she knew everything that was going on in my life, which was so smart. Because then she's like, oh, I saw so-and-so do this, you know, whatever. And Mm -hmm. then I'd eat my crazy bread while we were gossiping about... My friends. Also, the fact that you know Little Caesars because I'm from Detroit, which <gasps> is where Little Caesars sta- like started. Oh, it's delightful. Like the new Little Caesars Arena. So I feel like a lot of people outside of like I feel like it's, it's the shame. Midwest South, yeah. like that corridor, knows Little Caesars. But like out here, they don't have it. They don't have it out no. west. I missing out. They had commercial. They have commercials for Little Caesars have, here. I've seen. I get annoyed. Them in like I want Brooklyn, it. but they don't have them in Manhattan no, really and I haven't seen them in New Jersey or anything so I think there's like one in the Bronx because I did look it up yeah. <laughs> I was like stop showing me these commercials and you I digress so, yeah. um that's awesome favorite year of school wow. going back <laughs> yeah you can say none of them if they all sucked or all of them if they were all great I think that that um I went to boarding school for oh, high school. So where was the boarding school? It was actually not too far away, but far enough. <laughs> um in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Oh, okay. So an hour and a half mm-hmm. away. Um and I have to say so I was there for three years. I went sophomore through senior and I have to say it was like junior year that I loved because the first half I was still having a hard time. Um I was going back a lot, like going back home right. on weekends and things. And then something switched. I don't know what it was, but I figured out how, who I was there, you know, and started making closer friends and just really started finding myself there. Um, and so the second part of junior year was just, I started thriving and it continued into senior year as well. But I feel like just saying senior year of high school, that what a lame answer um no it's good but i think that that was such a pivotal year of just like seeing a difference in me Mm -hmm. um in retrospect the time tough but you know (laughs) that's where we are today that's great (laughs) um well that's all the questions i have where can people find you if you would like to be found on the interwebs? I love to be found, only with nice comments. Yes. Um, <laughs> so I do have my general good old website of clairebrunes.com. Mm-hmm. Um, but my Instagram and Twitter and all of that is Claire LBS. You may know as Claire Pounds. <laughs> um, and it's Claire C L A I R E. 
LBS. Nice. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Yes. Goodbye, campers. Bye. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Camp Adulthood is hosted by Maddie Yergi, resident youth, and Shay Keats, Camp Adulthood. We are produced by Jenny Mayfield, and this episode was recorded in Maddie's living room. You can find us on social media at camp underscore adulthood. You can email us hello at campadulthood.com, and you can visit us at campadulthood.com. Please also find on our website, there are links to our Patreon page where you can be a subscriber and there are many cool prizes. Thanks, campers. We hope that you enjoy your stay at Camp Adulthood.